up, you filthy animals. <laughs> How's my buddies over at the R2 Sonic Campfire doing today? Never know. Keep them warm. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You guys should come. You're my good luck charms, man. I always catch fish with you guys. Is, is there room on the bus? Because I look at you guys, and the, the eight or nine of you guys impressed me a lot. You know, because I first Stop ran it. <laughs> okay. You know, no, go on. You guys. Um, I don't do advertising. You're not going to see me on billboards or in newspapers, classifieds, none of that. Well, yeah, there's that because, you know, you guys are awesome. But, uh. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's comforting to know in case I say something stupid. No, no yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, you're hearing it. Real that's kind of our thing, so yeah. don't step on our turf. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> oh, man, I hope I, I hope I don't. What we're saying is actually new, so uh, that's why we're fumbling a little bit. But it, it's going to sound amazing. And we are back. This is the Rutten River Pursuits podcast, and you are listening to the Sonic Campfire. We are Reality Outdoors Radio, where our mission is to get you in the outdoors by connecting you to the people, skills, and products that you can trust. You can can trust them. Hey, guys, it's Bucky, and who do we have around the table tonight? It's Andy. I'm Steve. I'm Will. And I am excited once again, guys. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, Stevie found us like a, a treasure us, an undiscovered country, if you will, for us in a way. Season fours had all kinds of surprises. Yeah, hasn't it? I love true. it. Yeah. yeah, it's like every day's like Christmas or my birthday. Yeah. Uh, we have a gentleman by the name of Keith Williams from Freshwater Journeys uh, on the line tonight. He is a freshwater naturalist. And, and by, by that, that's me churching it up, saying that he is a uh, probably much more exciting to just call him a river snorkeling guide. Yeah. And that's what we mainly are interested in. Crazy. Chat. Crazy. Mm-hmm. He also is a writer, photographer, and an educator. Yeah. You know, amongst, <laughs> you know, river snorkel guides. When does guide. he have time to snorkel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he has a book that's about to be released all about his river snorkeling experiences. Really? That sounds like fun. Yeah. Gentlemen, yeah. welcome, Mr. Keith Williams. Hey, everybody. Thanks for uh, having me. Great to be here. Keith, welcome aboard, man. We're glad to have you. Let's jump right into it. Jump right in, Buck. That's what I do. Jump in the rivers. <laughs> okay. So it's exactly what it sounds like. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's this crazy thing. You know, I've been on rivers my whole life. I grew up on a creek, snorkeled, uh, fished them, canoed them, kayaked them, thought I knew them. And it wasn't until I stuck a mask on my face and, and broke that reflective plane and looked under the water that I realized I really didn't know anything about rivers uh, from those other pursuits. And while I still fish and canoe and kayak and do all that fun stuff, nothing compares to snorkeling and, and looking at the amazing life that's hidden from view. Really? Cool. Yeah. Tell me, like, so you get underneath well, like, that water. And- yeah, so, you know, like, let's let's talk about smallies, right? I love fishing for smallmouth bass. It's a thrill when I get get one on the end of my line. Yes. But I tell you what, when you're when you're snorkeling river and you're, you're watching smallies spawn, Right, smallie porn, <laughs> or, 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 or you're watching, you're watching this rock bass, right? Bounce a bow, bow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're watching this rock bass. 
come after a smallmouth bass who's coming after you because you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time, right? So the male smallie is defending his nest. Yeah. And the rock bass is defending his nest against the smallie. And all these incredibly complex behaviors that you just don't get when the fish is just on the end of your line. Go and get. Um, and, they're, and they're really beautiful. I mean, they're really pretty fish. Even the young especially. They've got, you know, this this banded tail that's black and, and orange and yellow banded on the end that, that it kind of loses its color when you pull them out of the water into the air. That's funny. I was going to ask, like, that was the first thing that popped into my mind was, do the fish look different underwater totally different. than, yes. than the, really? I had a relearn identification all over again what? looking at fish underwater. No yeah, kidding. Crazy. Oh, wow. yeah. Is that much different? Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming they blend in much more like they're they're so much more well, camouflaged. They, 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 they are, in, and but the colors really pop out. You know, a lot of times the, the colors on these fish become much more vibrant underwater. I mean, seasonally, some of these male fish put on colors that rival colors that I've seen on coral reefs. That when you pull them out of water in the gut of a net, they just kind of flop around looking silver. Yeah. But they, in water, all the reds and the blues and oranges on these fish really pop. That's why we had that guy tell us that he puts everything in the live well right before he takes the pictures. They hang out in the live well for a while oh, in that yeah. dark, yeah. and then he pulls them out, that takes the pictures, yeah, I mean, so the color's all vibrant. That makes, yeah, sense. it makes a lot of sense. I've seen fish go really pale when they stress, yeah. so that might be part of it, too. Yeah. Wow, that makes sense. Keith, how long have you been doing this? Uh, 15 years. Whoa! Yeah, that's a long time to hold your breath, but yep. <laughs> yeah, snorkel, I've had nine one one called a couple of times, thinking I was a body float. Oh, oh Lord. Lord. <laughs> especially in a river. Yeah, they. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not you're not supposed to snorkel a, a temperate creek. You're supposed to snorkel a tropical tropical reef, and so when they see a float in there, they automatically think you're. Yeah, well, if you, it kind of restores my faith in humanity, you know. But I'm like, hey, I'm take okay. Me I'm out like, yeah. they'll, they'll say that there's a bloated body. <laughs> <laughs> what can someone expect on one of these trips that they take with you, Keith? How do you get started? Uh, what, what goes on? Yeah, like, cool. it's just it's, well, we, do you we, got we, a pack uh, of lunch? Know, we, um, it depends on the day. Typically not. We're, we're typically mm-hmm. going for, you know, two or three hours and not a whole day, but we can make a whole day out of it pretty easily. But normally I'll meet folks at a location somewhere. You know, I, I go all throughout the Susquehanna and Delaware watershed. And so we've got some really pretty little creeks uh, all over the place, sometimes main stem, stem Delaware, main stem uh, Susquehanna, depending on river conditions. We'll meet at a location. Uh, I've got all the gear. So we put everybody in a wetsuit and a mask and a snorkel. Um, and give them some instructions on on how to how to snorkel so they're not sucking water and they're sucking air, um, uh. you know. So some some quick safety stuff, and then we just start exploring. And um, you know, as fish present themselves to folks, we just kind of take note of what they look like, their shape, their color. And then about halfway through, I have uh, underwater field guides that I developed specifically for most of the creeks in the region. And I give folks those guides and they start doing the IDs on their own and start talking about some of the natural history of the fish that we're seeing, some of the conservation challenges. We've got some really cool fish in this watershed that are not found anywhere else on the planet, uh, like fish called the Chesapeake log perch, which is in the lower Susquehanna, not found anywhere else on Earth except here. Wow. Um, and we see them almost every trip. It's the coolest little fish. They're only about like four or five, five inches long on the bottom, hop along. Use their pointy little snouts to flip over rocks. And then that's what we want. We end up doing is we start looking at not just fish for beauty and diversity and identification, but also for their behaviors, right? So depending on time of year, we could see migrations, we could see spawning behavior, we could see territorial behavior. Um, and so we just kind of sit back and watch this whole hidden world play out before us. Um, 
and then they, you know, take all the gear back and clean up and head out. That's a, a pretty typical trip. What's your typical clientele like? Is it outdoorsy people or swimmers or? It's a real mix. Yeah. Um, Bachelor I get parties. A, 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 <laughs> you know, I haven't had one of them yet. Oh. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, you know it's a mix of folks that that um, typically it's been folks that are connected to a river one way or another, right? So uh, boaters, fisher pe- fishermen, yeah. um, you know something along those lines. But I also get quite a few people that just haven't had a connection to the river at all, and just say you know that's a really curious way of looking at things, and just want to give it a try. Okay. Wow. wow. Yeah. I hate this. Like, like whenever you get to that point where you're just, I've never thought about this. this is none of this is like entered my brain. Me neither. And no, sticking right. a GoPro in the water while you're fishing is not what he's doing. This yeah. is, I mean, it's, it's pretty different, right? It's yeah. like, and there's there's a guy up on the on on in uh, um near World's End. It's doing great photography, doing just that, sticking a GoPro on a stick in in in. Uh, in, in the creeks around there. Um, but it's, it's pretty different actually immersing your whole body in the river and, Absolutely, you know, experiencing is. the current and, and being in there with the fish. It's pretty, pretty cool. So it's like you're doing early season scouting for fish. Well, in a way it is. Yeah. In fact, yeah. <laughs> I made the mistake once of going out on opening day of trout season in the state of Delaware. Oh man, <laughs> Lord. I bet they the love you. <laughs> actually, most of them were pretty cool about it, right? Really? Those are the ones I said, hey, if you put your, your line right down in that hole right down there, that's where they're all hanging out. The guys that were jerks about it didn't get that intel. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Keep floating. Yeah. <laughs> How many times did your wetsuit get it is, it is in a lot of ways, a lot of ways, uh, um, uh, you know, early season scouting. You can really see the behaviors and see what the fish are eating and where they're hanging out. And what they're eating. That's... And do you start flipping rocks and looking at helgramites? And oh man, this yeah. time of year, especially in the wintertime, that's when the the benthic macros just pop. And right now, the creeks are loaded with a whole bunch of different kinds of caddis. And so you stick your face in that river now, and you can see what kind of fly is is coming out and what pattern you ought to go with. Can you bring a coffee can with you the next time you're looking for those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I just see a whole application for fishermen that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the bugs are, the bugs are fascinating themselves. You know, I've I've watched female caddisflies walk back down into the water to lay eggs. Wow. Whoa. And watch crazy. And watch that whole process. Yeah. Right. Amazing. How how deep is it typically where you're snorkeling? You know, we're, we're going real shallow um, because we don't, we're not doing surface dives or nothing like that. Most of the creeks around here are on the shallow end. So I'm usually going way deeper, less. Sometimes if the water's clear, we got good visibility. We'll find a deeper hole, but really, all the life we need to see is is waist deeper or less. I was, and that's, that's, that's I wanted to bring that, that, that of, up because yeah, that's kind of the beauty of it because you know you think of creeks around or in this region and they're muddy, right? Yeah. So it's like well, you don't have any visibility, and if you're in three feet of water, you wouldn't be able to see nothing. But if you're in five feet of water and you've got six foot of visibility, you can see the bottom perfectly clear. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I know we did a uh, couple float trips last year with kayaks and. Uh, I can't believe how skinny it gets. It can, oh, yeah. you know, where we have to like obviously hike instead of float. Um, but then it gets just as deep, you know, uh, over some sections and things like that. So yep. um, it, it's almost, uh, it's crazy. So you, you kind of, you have spots, I guess you would have kind of regular spots where you know uh, you can get around pretty easily. 
Yeah, I, I got regular spots picked out that have the right the right um, um, combination of safe conditions, good access to bathrooms. And that's pretty critical for a lot of people. Um, good fish too. Some sections of the stream that couple floaters. just don't have a whole lot of life. Yeah, <laughs> want to keep the corn-eyed brown trout out of the creek, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, don't chum the water. Maybe edit. Maybe edit that one. I don't know. <laughs> but, I'm but, keeping uh, it in. But I, I've got. I, <laughs> I got spots that I got spots that I I, I, I go where I, I can really guarantee people are going to see some good stuff and and sometimes that good stuff is in in really shallow water like knee deep or less you know I mean mm-hmm. uh, stone rollers that are the crazy cool you know minnows are everything right kind of a minnow yeah. look like minnows but they're a different kind of fish. Um, but man, the, the males get these white dots all over their bodies. Their bodies are this really pretty chestnut brown in the spring, and males get these white dots called tubercles all over their bodies, and they're just these amazing looking fish. And they're in shallow water, and you know stone rollers pick up stones in their mouths and roll them around in their mouth and eat the algae off, and then spit the rock out again. They're the grazers of the stream, and we get to see stuff like that. We wow. get to see chubs, which are incredible fish. They they make these mounds of pebbles. The males will pick up rocks. And make this big mound of pebbles in the stream to spawn on. And they get huge. And that's in shallow water, too. That's like, you know, two to three feet of water is where those yeah. those chubs like to build those those uh, chub mounds. And, and then all these other fish show up to spawn on those chub mounds. So there's this whole progression of, of life that happens on that one structure that's built by one species. Wow. Again, you, what, this is the most wild per, per minute that, I've, <laughs> that we've had on the podcast. <laughs> I think I found a chub mound. <laughs> we we walk around you know i've played in cricks my whole life and just recently started you know wet wading in in the susquehanna and i, I never how many chub mounds you kick over wet wading none that i know of <laughs> oh I, I don't know you probably destroyed a whole I, ecosystem I, I, yeah, I, yeah, right. well may have <laughs> um yeah this is there's there's sort of a lack of appreciation, I think, that, that that we have that, you know, the only way you can get it is by by sticking your head in out it. with Keith. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you've started to see some of those fisher fishermen out there that use those underwater viewer scope view master thingies. Have you ever seen that? Those guys do that. They and they can from their boats. So they can actually. Well, no, it's or not even underwater sonar. camera. It's not even a camera. It's oh. it's. It's not sonar it's not or a camera. camera. He or a camera. Here. No, it's an actual. It's, it, it's basically a tube that photon ray. You oh, look through like it. a yeah. glass bottom boat. Thing. Yeah, right. like a, yeah, yeah. And exactly. they actually oh. put it into the water, and yeah. you can from your boat, like from above the surface, look down into the and penetrate yeah. through the water and sure. look and and view as okay. if you were snorkeling. Huh. Oh, right. Yep. And um, I carry some of those. I carry some of those with me. Like I run. A, I run a lot of school trips and. You know, some kids don't want to get all the way in the water, and so we carry, um, we call them snopes. Okay. We carry a bunch of those, a bunch of those snopes for the kids that that want to look in the water but not get all the way wet. Incredible, Keith. Is there anybody else out there doing trips like this? You don't have uh, to give around. their names. No, 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 no. It's actually it's 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 a really cool community because we're all in this to preserve freshwater biodiversity. That's what this is all about. Yeah. And you guys talked about it a minute ago about awareness that. You know, you know, going back to, to my beginning, you know, I, I thought I knew rivers and streams. I've been in creeks my whole life. And it wasn't until about 15 years ago when I stuck a mask in a snorkel on and said, hmm, I wonder what this looks like, you know, that my mind was blown. And I realized that 
there's this incredible life right here in our backyards that we don't even even understand because what's there we don't know what mm-hmm. it's like i mean i know there's smallmouth bass there sure but i've never experienced watching them spawn i've never experienced a male defending his nest yeah um you know and things like that and so we're losing freshwater biodiversity off this planet faster than we're losing biodiversity from any other ecosystem on earth really and a big part of that yeah absolutely and a big <laughs> part now there's a whole bunch of reasons for that but a, a big common denominator for all of it is a lack of awareness that we just don't know what that life is like on its own terms. You know, we had Jacques Cousteau to do that for, for oceans and yeah. you know, for terrestrial mm-hmm. ecosystems. We do that every day. We're out and about, you know, yep. but no yeah. one's really doing that for, for fresh waters. And so there's about a half a dozen of us nationally that run um, river snorkeling trips. Mm-hmm. There's a really cool program in Cherokee National Forest that was started by a fish biologist by the name of Jim Herrig. Uh, there's a guy, Casper Cox, who's down there now, who just came out with a beautiful guidebook to the southeastern U.S. Um, there's a guy that's doing some trips in um, in Pisgah National Forest. Uh, but that's about it. And uh, the community is starting to grow a bit. I've been doing a lot of work with the Forest Service to try to start additional snorkeling programs for kids mostly yeah. on national forests across the country. We've got about a dozen going right now. And we're hoping to you know keep keep that number growing. Wow. What's your book about, Keith? Yeah, so the book is, it's a combination of a how-to guide, you know, how do you get into river snorkeling, the basics on gear and safety and technique, um, all the way up through, uh, you know, where to go. <clears throat> so it's it's national in scope. Most of the, the work that I've done has been in the mid-Atlantic, because that's where I live here in, in uh, <clears throat> the Susquehanna Valley. But, you know, it covers everything from Maine to Oregon to California with, you know, Places to go, rivers to see, spots sure. on the river where you can go snorkeling, and then the life that you're going to encounter when you go to those spots, and then the conservation story behind that life. So, you know, what's affecting the tule perch, for example, in California? Uh, what's affecting shad here on the East Coast? What's affecting Atlantic salmon up in Maine? And, 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 and some of the stories of the people that are working to protect that life. Like, there's some really cool work being done in Maine right now to restore Atlantic salmon by the Downey Salmon Federation. And that whole story is in the book. Hmm. Last week, we had a, a guest on. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You, I, want, you guys want to get into this? I, I, this is really interesting. Unless we want to talk about the book a little bit more, because I, I don't want to get a sidetrack <clears throat> completely down this rabbit hole. But you brought up a lot of good things that connect to our guest last week. Yeah, though, and, and, I, and I, it's it's really it uh, dovetails. It's almost perfect. It's almost perfect. So serendipitous. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. So yeah, I was not in your mouth. There was no. You're not dropping serendipitous on the reg. <laughs> well, maybe I. No, I'm not. Um, so last week's guest, we talked about uh, declining numbers of smallmouth in the Susquehanna River, and I don't know that we we have a a definite number, uh, but our guest was a, he was a fishing guide or he is a fishing guide uh, on the river. So, you know, he lives it, he sees it, you know, almost every day. And, and he was talking about a, uh, a decline in, in the smallmouth. Are, are you seeing that? Like you, you would, I mean, you're literally, are you seeing that? Uh, have you noticed that on, on your, on your river snorkeling trips? Yeah, no, no question. Seen a decline in smallies in the Susquehanna really? over the last fifteen years. There's no doubt. And uh, 
again, this is just observational. So it's really not based on any kind of, kind of statistical sampling or anything like that, just based on what I've seen. Um, seemed to be an uptick in, in the number of juveniles that I was seeing um, maybe in the last yeah. three years ago or so, maybe uh-huh. two years ago. Um, but then another drop. Uh, so, you know, the smallies in the Susquehanna are definitely a huge concern of mine. And it's a, g- a good example for all of us, I think. You know, I mean, in what was it, the 90s, the Susquehanna was a world-class smallmouth fishery destination. Uh, and now they're struggling. And, um, you know, there's been a couple of causes that have been have been uh, identified. No one, I think, is is uh, laying claim to any one, any one big cause. The last one I saw was smallmouth wasting disease has been found in, in uh, or largemouth wasting disease has been found in the smallies by University of Michigan. Um, but I'm not sure where, Pencil- where Pennsylvania Fishing Boat stands on all that. Um, so was that was that found in our Susquehanna? That no, I believe that no. was found in 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 smallmouth in Michigan. Okay, uh, which means that it's possible for that to happen here. Sure, but okay. either either way, it's it's due to poor water quality, right? I mean, okay. you got a you got a fish that's weakened because of poor water quality, and then this disease has an opportunity to get in and 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 and, uh, and affect the fish. So, it all comes back to poor water quality. Now, would, um, that, on, would you oh, would you attribute poor water quality to municipalities during high water rain events? having to dump dump over their their raw sewage in, into a river oh absolutely that's that's certainly a part of it it's not the sole source i mean you know suburbia is responsible for more nitrogen per acre than agriculture so run, agriculture run agriculture off. runoff okay. in general okay agriculture is responsible for the most amount of nitrogen because we have the most amount that's the, the most common land use that we have in the watershed is agriculture but acre for acre suburbia produces more nitrogen than than than, than ag so it's you know, we can't point fingers at suburbanites and farmers. Everybody's responsible. We're all in this right. together kind of thing. Um, I'm on the board of the Lower Susquehanna Riverkeeper, and we just started a, a bass monitoring program that maybe some of your listeners might be interested in participating in. Where when, fish, when folks go out and catch a smallmouth, um, we have a reporting mechanism now where they can report healthy fish and fish that aren't healthy, fish that have deformities or melanistic spots or fin rot or, or lesions or whatever. So we can get a better handle on the incidence of, of, of whatever the disease process is. That's so that's part awesome. of the problem is that it's 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 not very well defined and it's a lot of hearsay, and we're not 100 percent sure that um, the regulatory agencies have the capability to really closely monitor the problem because of funding constraints. Right on. So we're we're filling that gap a little bit. So how do people report? Those findings. How do they yeah, know so what they they're go, looking if, at? If, yeah. if they go to, they actually they don't have to. They don't have to know what they're looking at at all. They just they can take a picture and post it on an app. Okay. And if they go to the Lower Susquehanna uh, Riverkeeper Association website, just Google Lower Susquehanna Riverkeeper Association. Okay, it'll pop right up, and there's information on that page about how to do that reporting. So I mean, like the bass that I've caught already that have the little lesions on the side of them or something. That that's something that they would be interested in knowing. Absolutely, I had, I had no clue what it was. Yeah, and and even a normal you just fish. Put it back. Even I even did. A, yeah, honestly. And I mean, even just, a, yeah, just catch right. release yeah, just, and yeah, just snap a snap a picture of it and uh, and send that picture with a, a location. Where was it? Okay. And then we compile all that. And even even healthy fish, you know, so we can get an idea of incidence. Well, that if was we the know the number of sick fish. Sick fish compared to healthy, that helps us to figure out the uh, the degree of the problem. All right. How much would you say the population has declined in the last handful of years? 
Well, that's hard to say. At um, least from what you've noticed. From my perspective, um, boy, they're really rare to see anymore. <laughs> you know, they've they've gone from one of the abundant fish to one of the most rare. Um, you know, and on this a scale is in, of, in uh, your of part things. of the Susquehanna, right? <clears throat> yeah, this is this is lower lower Susquehanna. Okay, so um, from I a, would I would say maybe a fifty percent reduction in observations wow. of smallies on this end, maybe. Again, hard hard to really say definitively um, without you know definitely tracking it, but it's it's been pretty significant reduction. That's huge. Yeah, Keith, what do you consider the lower <clears throat> lower Susquehanna? Like, wh- where's where's that? Line. Well, I, you know, I, uh, I live in Conowingo, and so okay. we, we go basically from Sealands Grove South. Okay. Is, is, is the, the, what we define as lower Susquehanna. Gotcha. So that, um, inc- that includes all the way through everywhere we, we stomp around then. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, most of my time is spent from York downriver. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I don't get up, I don't get up north of Harrisburg on the main stem Susquehanna very frequently. You know, usually when I'm going up north, I'm going up into some trout streams. Gotcha. Is that just because of the the dams going through there? Uh, it, just- it, it, yeah, it's it's a really industrialized river. There's not a ton of sea. In, I mean, there's always some sea, but you know, you've got a you got a brookie stream. If I'm going to drive three hours, I can get my face into a brookie <laughs> stream and watch these amazing brook trout. It's just the most beautiful fish on the planet. You know, yeah. <laughs> At least in my opinion. Yep. Um, or I can I can go in a in a, in a lake that should be a river, you know? So <clears throat> that's, that's the decision-making process there. Right. Right. Do you ever spend any time, uh, fishing or otherwise the, the Donegal Creek? You know, I haven't been in Donegal and that is high on my target list, especially after the fish kill. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, that, that was heartbreaking to see that. Um, you know, all the, that's been done on that on that stream. They, they I think have, Donegal TU was the lead on that, and they did great work. Um, so that's why you know it, it was just a kind of a double whammy when that fish kill happened. And yep. they did such a good job, like working with the farmers in the area, yeah, with, right. with the nitrogen runoff, like we mm-hmm. just talked about. And I was going to bring them up a, yeah. a, a, when we were talking about that. I think it's so interesting that you you brought the Donegal I, fish I just, kill yeah. off because we were there like. What the day that they found out about that die-off, and nobody has any answer. They still don't know, right? And I'm glad I'm glad that you brought that up to keep that fresh and current. And and we do need to get back down there with those guys. Yeah, well, they got this show coming up, and that's I I just I needed to kind of also sneak that in a little bit because uh, they are a not-for-profit, and and that's really kind of being generous, like they they do a lot with a little. So I think that that's, you know, they had a big flooding, you know, the, the last two years, um, throughout their thing, uh, throughout their little hatchery hatchery, and then, and then that fish kill. So Mm -hmm. they're hurting, you know, that's something that we need to really kind of bring a little bit more attention to, but I would love for you to come down. Maybe we'll go with you if you want. Let's go snorkel Donegal for sure. Heck yeah. 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 And so Donegal to you does amazing work. So I'm pretty familiar with them. They do a lot of work in the Riverlands where one of my favorite places to snorkel is in, you know, Riverlands streams through, through Lancaster and York counties. And they've done great work uh, doing a lot of trout restoration on some of those creeks. um, Plus the stuff that you just mentioned. So they are, They are a really stellar organization that, that gets a ton done with very little. 
they're they're very passionate, like the rest of us. I think about uh, our, yes. you know, our, and they our, love barbecue. Yeah, they <laughs> they sure do. That is true. Yeah. Uh, Keith, what's the most unique place you figure you've ever snorkeled? Uh, Poyang Lake in China. Holy cow! What? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the most unique. That was pretty crazy. What? What so, was that? I guess. Yeah, Poyang Lake. So much just, for your bucket list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. No, that's, Checked I, it all. My bucket, list is, my bucket list is huge, man. There's so many places I want to go that I haven't been yet. But that's that's definitely top. Yeah. So Poyang Lake is the biggest freshwater lake in China, and it's the seasonal wetland. So it, I and I got, I'm not sure if I get my seasons right. It floods in the summertime. And in the wet season, and then it drains out through the winter, and then it becomes this huge grassed wetland over the winter for all these migratory uh, cranes and storks that come in from Siberia. Um, so it's just, just this beautiful, huge expanse of water. <clears throat> I got lucky enough to go to China to start some environmental education programs, and one of them happened to be on Poyang Lake. And so while I was there, I made sure I put my mask on and jumped in to see who was there. <clears throat> Outstanding. What did you see? Uh, a lot of murk. <laughs> so it's got a clay bottom. And so just a uh, little bit of a little bit of wave action kind of stirs it up. But it was okay. still really cool. There were some and I don't know what the fish are there. So some kind of a goby, which is a bottom dwelling fish. It's got like these sucker fins, these pelvic fins that are modified to be like these little suckers um, and some kind of look like a stickleback. Another kind of minnow that's got right, these really right. pointy dorsal fins, yeah. like spines um, and then a lot of freshwater shrimp. Tons of freshwater shrimp there. So, you know, all the benthic macros that, that do all that decomposition for us in our streams in more tropical places like like Nanchang, China, um, that's taken over by shrimp. And so that was pretty cool to see underwater, see all these these shrimp filling the same roles that, that you know, benthic macros like caddis and may and, and stonies fill here. Okay. What what's some of the craziest stuff that you've seen like in the Susquehanna going on? Like like do they, we they, do we have shrimp there? In Fifteen the years, crawdads. Craw, yeah, cra- yeah, a lot of oh, that's shrimp. actually that's that might be one of the crazy things. Uh, Rusty sided crayfish coming in. I mean, in in the fifteen years I've been in the Susquehanna, I've seen them just grow in numbers exponentially. What was that? Rusty sided? Yeah, rusty sided. Rusty sided crayfish. They're an invasive crayfish. Oh, in fact, you know, McKee's Half Falls. You know, McKee's Half Falls right there. Is that Sealand's Grove? I think. I get my cousin. It's right on fifteen. I don't know. Um, They're they're all over that. They're all over that place. You snorkel that stretch, and all you see are crayfish shooting off in every direction. Is that why a rebel crayfish that's brown and yellow works so well? It might be. They're not the ones with the blue claw, are they? Yeah, yeah, they're real pretty. Yeah, they are. Like aquamarine claws, and they got this red red patch on their sides. They're really a pretty crayfish, Um, but they're scary because they're invasive and they take over the bottom. And you know, so who knows? what effect they're going to have on the benthic macros that ought to be there and on bottom dwelling fish like darters. Um, let's see. Craziest thing besides that. How, how, how about? Probably carp. Oh, um, quillback. Quillback. Yeah. They're a kind of a sucker. They're huge. They're like two feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fish. And um, I'm at um, Holwood. And okay. just below the dam. And there's those, those pools when the dam flowing when the river's down a little bit yeah the, the, the water kind of ponds up and i'm in these pools and i'm getting dressed up in my in my wetsuit and i hear this splashing behind me i'm like what the heck's going on i look and the, the water goes calm i'm like hey, i'm hearing things and i get in and i'm in this pool with 
I don't know, 40, 50 quillback that are spawning. And it's like being in the in the stampede that in, in that scene of uh, Dances with Wolves <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when uh, yeah. Kevin Costner yeah, right, okay. is in the middle. That's what it felt like. I mean, these fish are just blow, blowing by me, blitzing, just incredible. Yeah, and and their their fins are electric blue, right? So the Whoa. males have electric blue edges on their pectoral fins, and so they, they, that's another one of those examples where these fish just look really drab in the air. Yeah. But man, in the water during spawning season, it's like these lightning bolts zipping by you. It's really cool. Do, are you able to... What, what time of year is that? That was early summer. So I think that was like late May, early June. The Sounds whole, like a sticky situation. The whole wood quill black blitz. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> How many uh, flathead catfish are you seeing down in some of these holes during these? You know, I'm not seeing a whole lot. Uh, that doesn't mean that really? they're not there. They're usually in, in a lot deeper water than what I'm typically going in. Right. And I don't see a whole lot of cats to begin with. Okay. Now, I'll see a lot of juveniles in shallower water, right? So I'll see a bunch of, of uh, you know, juvenile channel cats, uh, bullheads, mad toms. That's a kind of a neat little little catfish. Um, it don't get much more than a couple inches long. Mad yeah. Tom, Mad Mad Tom. Yeah, never heard of that. No. Yeah, they're pretty neat. So, what do they look like? <clears throat> um, they look like a just a miniature cat. I mean, it's some not, of these are really pretty. Yeah, it's not uh, the, the same ones, as a rock cat. Like I don't, you know, I don't stone cat. I don't think so. Cats? Stony cat? Are you kidding me? Oh, I, I think they're different than stone cat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but similar. But yeah, so the the kind of Mad Tom we have around here could range in color from really dark brown to amber. In fact, the, the most recent one I saw was in a creek in Maryland a couple months ago, and that one was amber. It's really beautiful. Pretty color. Um, so I don't see a whole lot of, you know, I'm not really in order where those 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 big cats are going to be. Gotcha. Um, but I'm sure they're there. I mean, um, you know, there's, uh, what is that, the mad catter. I forget I forget the uh, the guy's name that runs that. I mean, she's going out for, for her flatties specifically. Yeah. And successful at it, Captain Jamie. That's it, Captain Jamie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's awesome. Uh, friend of the show. Yeah, yep. How much does it cost to get it, to get in with both feet? You know, like how much? What like, do you mean? Like you said, like if, to go with. Oh, like trip. if you want to well, just do it yourself, let's do both. Well, like, like yeah. what does it cost for a trip? And then, it, and if we wanted to, like. Grab snorkel masks. Yeah, do it on ourselves. Like, I wouldn't even know what a wetsuit or... And I think wetsuit's a great idea because I know when we were uh, doing the float trips and stuff last year, Mm -hmm. like 90-whatever percent of us, 98% of us were completely sunburnt. So I I would think that the wetsuit would be perfect for that. Yeah, Yeah, wetsuits wetsuits help for things. And, And the reason I go with them is it provides flotation for everybody. So, you know, water is always dangerous, and I'm always looking out to make sure people are safe. But if they all have flotation on, I have to worry a little bit less. Um, and so that's number one. Number two is thermal protection because people, even in the middle of summer, get cold when they're in the water. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, number three is abrasion protection because we're in shallow water. And so people can uh, scrape across rocks wearing a wetsuit and they're not going to get scraped up. Yep. And then the other reason is exactly what you just said sun protection. Yeah. Um, but my trips run about 40 bucks for about two, two hours or more. I mean, I don't really time and say, okay, time's up. Get out of the water. Um, no you know, we're there for, we're there until the in, but it normally lasts about two hours. And in terms of gear to get started, you know, a mask and a snorkel could be whatever you want it to be. You can go to a box store, you know, a target or a Walmart 
They always leak, to, though. They do. They yeah. do leak. They, yeah. Exactly. And you get what you pay for, right? So yeah. I, I don't know. You probably kinda, don't know me. What's the best you can get? <laughs> <laughs> the best you can get, you're going to you're gonna run. If you want a really good mask, you're going to run maybe up to 200 bucks. Really? I for a really high-quality mask. Now, the, the one that I got is not not a high-end mask and it's it's lasted me for years um i get it from an online an online store that i just they, they provide great service and they're real durable and i like them and that's what i go with and that's where i get all my gear um and that that runs about 60 bucks that's okay. not terrible so you can you can get no it's not at all you can get a pretty decent mask for about 60 bucks hmm. um I mean, even and stevie then, has that kind of cash easy now <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to go with a wetsuit that kind of um, cheese you know i recommend it because of the reasons that we just talked about and wetsuits can you figure wetsuits are going to run you between 150 and 300 bucks depending okay you, yep higher than that but to get a decent one you know depending on thickness and and all that are they um, like one size fits all no 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 there's definitely different sizes <laughs> and different manufacturers and are sized thickness, differently yeah. yep. so you got to really pay attention to that what size and pay attention to the size charts what size you, or what what thickness do you need to be uh, it depends like on the water temperature that you're going to be in so you know for around here like a, a three or four mil suit for summertime yep. is probably going to be plenty thick is it um if you want to start going into the fall and into the spring you're going to want to go to a five six huh. i'm going to look that up and find out what that means you, that's that's the, the that's millimeters so of thickness yeah. gotcha. that's the thick millimeters of, of neoprene now you, you said you provide the wetsuits yeah. for your yep. clients right right yeah that's correct you got a big boy one. <laughs> oh yeah i got a couple big boy ones <laughs> that's i care I'd like to see you zipped up in one of them. I bet you. <laughs> we'll make sure we go live for that one. There you go. <laughs> Have you ever been chased by anything? You ever see any snakes? Because I'm, I'm yeah, not you know, a big I've, fan I've of seen, snakes. This is, this, is a, this is a good story. So um, I'm at Holtwood again, yeah. and I got this reporter from Susquehanna Life, so a guy by the name of John Duffy, lives in Elizabethtown, and he's doing a story about river snorkeling, right? Yeah. And uh, and he's telling me, you know, he's, he just finished asking me a question. I'm not a big fan of snakes, right? Yeah. I don't kill them or nothing like that, but I've been bit one too many times for grabbing them the wrong way. You know, you grab one, they grab, they're going to grab you back, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. And so I'm not a big fan. And uh, I'm in this pool and I just got telling them, eh, there's nothing to worry about with water snakes. They're more afraid of us than, you know, than we are of them. No, and they are aggressive. I don't think they no, are. Water snakes are <laughs> and, aggressive. I know and that. And then he's like, hey, there's a snake. And I'm like, oh, uh, crap. No, I got to go. No, I got to go prove myself. Right. <laughs> and sure enough, the, the snake, the snake took off before it, before it even saw me. Yep. It, it felt me in the water and was gone. My experience with water snakes is I've never been chased by one. I've chased them multiple times to try to get decent pictures. Really? They're the most, yeah, they're some of the most skitterish animals in the creeks that I know. Um, I was lucky enough in the Delaware to, to watch one hunt, and that was amazing. This thing just hunkered down on the bottom, wrapped, wrapped around a rock, and waited for fish to come by. Oh, and then would, would lash out and try to, try to nail fish. And that was really cool. You were far enough but, away to observe without bothering. Yeah, he, you oh, know, cool. he, I, think, I think he knew that I was there, but I wasn't close enough to, uh, he was to, to make it take off. Yeah. Oh. Do you, um, ever, uh, you ever get accidentally noodled? Like my, <laughs> <laughs> by a flat noodled. Yeah, like a flathead or something. Reach no, in somewhere. I no, I did have a catfish chase me once. Um, yeah. So that was below Conowingo Dam in about 15 feet of water where the Ocarrera Creek comes into the Susquehanna. 
and I saw a catfish tail. It's probably about a two foot cat sticking out from underneath a rock ledge. Yeah. I surfaced, dove down to the bottom and I looked at him and then I came up for, and that sucker came up off the bottom coming after me. It was oh, crazy. Right. Oh, they are for sitting on a nest. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, that's my territory. bet. And then, and then I told you that story about the, uh, the smallmouth that was coming at me in the Delaware, um, because I must have been close to his nest, and then the rock bass came out after the smallie. Wow! You, 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 I, but typically, two words. You know, typically, life doesn't really want nothing to do with you in there. They're okay. You know, they're afraid, and and um, ah, that's that's good to know, especially regarding the snakes. I have two words for you: serendipitous. Yeah. That's one. <laughs> Snapping turtles. Yeah. Uh, oh. You know, yes, snappers are beautiful underwater. And I've never heard anyone say that. <laughs> oh, man. I, I did a lot of work with snappers. So I, did, did? I did a trapping. Yeah. I did a trapping program with snappers. And, you know, on land, they're punching, right? You yep. get them out. Of, I'm trying to get these things out of the trap, and they're just snapping away. And, you know, I gave them plenty of opportunity to do damage. I'm not like, yeah. sticking my fingers in their mouths, but not paying attention, trying to get this other turtle out of the trap. And this snapper could have bit me if it wanted to. And it hit me with this, like a punch, right? Used its face like a punch and hit my hand, but didn't uh, bite. Oh, That's, you're lucky to still have so fingers. The, I saw this, this, this snapping turtle and from a distance, right? I saw it long before it saw me. So I creep up on it to try to get pictures of this. And as soon as that turtle recognized what I was, man, it was gone. And so fast and graceful underwater compared to on land. Yeah. Unbelievable oh, yeah. how quick they – oh, I saw an alligator once. That was kind of cool. That, that wasn't was in, in Susquehanna. Oh, no, that wasn't in <laughs> Susquehanna. <laughs> that was in Florida. Same thing, right? So yeah. gator to try to get pictures. And as soon as it recognized that I wasn't part of that natural ecosystem, it took off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, you're on the Susquehanna a lot. Are you, um, are you running into – otters much are you witnessing those you know man i am i am so jealous i've not seen an otter yet but a bunch of my friends have not while they're snorkeling but from the surface okay yeah yeah but man i would love to see and i'm I'm hoping to get some underwater shots of beavers hang out around harrisburg a little more so you you touched on this you've you've breezed past this a little bit a few times in uh, talking about trying to get footage or taking pictures so obviously i'm sure you, you get to take a lot of pictures but how do people get to see them uh, a couple of ways. So the, the book that's coming out um, is, is is loaded with pictures. Okay. So I think there's there's probably close to 200 shots in that book, I think. Wow. Um, and that's that's coming out by Stackpole uh, due out March 1st. And it's called um, um, Snorkeling Rivers and Streams, an Underwater Guide to um, Aquatic Adventure and Discovery. Um, how do people buy so that? While we're talking about that, oh, it's how any, would you any, get that? Anywhere, anywhere that sells books. Okay. Um, so if you go to... <laughs> You know, Barnes and Noble or uh, Amazon or anywhere that sells books should be carrying it. Or they can go right to the Stackpole website. There's as many pictures as there are words. That's my kind of book. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's loaded with pictures. Um, So that's one way. And the other way is I do do talks all over the place uh, about underwater life. And that's where I use a lot of those, a lot of the video and a lot of the pictures is to tell the story of – you know, the underwater life in those creeks by, by showing the photos and the videos. You do uh, university presentations a lot, don't you? Um, u- university, um, Tread Unlimited chapters, Boy Scouts. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, really, just anywhere that'll listen. Um, I'll be doing a, a present, uh, presentations at uh, Ware Center uh, in, in downtown Lancaster. Okay. Okay. Um, Donegal Trout Unlimited. Awesome. Nice. Um, I'll be doing a presentation for Give Local York this year. Woo-hoo. As part of the, the lower Susquehanna Riverkeeper. Okay. 
I, this Susquehanna River Keeper sounds like a pretty cool yeah situation. Yeah, I, it, I sure mean, does. it is. Uh, it's, it's the first you know, I've literally heard about it. So yeah, I feel the, uh, terrible for it because I mean we we really do care about the river and uh, we we care about our backyard. Absolutely. And this sounds like you guys are on the forefront of that. Yeah, you know, our, our the the guy the the river keeper himself, Ted Evgenitis, is he's a bulldog. Ted Evgenitis is the, is yeah. our our lower Susquehanna river keeper, and so he's the guy that's actually out you know, looking after the river. And then I'm on the board that supports his work. And, um, you know, for example, we just, we just won the largest settlement in the state in the history of Pennsylvania against the coal fired power plant because of, uh, Brunner Island. Um, yeah. oh. what Ted found was, what Ted found was a significant heavy metal contamination leaching into the river from their coal ash pits. And, um, so now they're required to clean up those pits and not let that heavy metal contamination get into the river again, and then they have to pay restitution. So that was a, a pretty significant win. Wow. 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 How, I mean, that, I don't even, I wouldn't even know to look. You know no, what I mean? So like to go for you, for that organization to be that in tune with the river says so much. Yeah, Ted, he does an amazing job, and he covers, it's a lot of river to cover. The yeah. whole uh, the whole Juniata, in yeah. addition to the main stem Susquehanna from Owens Grove down to the mouth. Wow! Holy cow, that's a lot. That's a lot of river. Holy yeah. cow, that's Jeez. a whole lot of Aaron Brockovich. And- <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. But God bless him for doing it. Mm-hmm. That that gets yeah. my rust belt all polished up there. Guys. Yeah, a lot of low cut <laughs> shirts. I like that. <laughs> like what what gave this gentleman like d- d- is is he just decided to go on a on a, his own personal quest or you know what i i want to know more about this river keeper. yeah you should invite him on he'd be, yeah. he'd be great for this um and i can put you in touch with him um oh please yeah do. so he was you know the the, the, the lower susquehanna river keeper association uh was started by the current mayor of um Michael Helfrich, 15 years ago, and Ted was on the board. Uh, Michael became involved in politics, and so he couldn't be the riverkeeper anymore. And so gotcha. Ted said he would take it on. So the riverkeeper um, network is a nationwide – it's actually global network of okay. people that are just watch, watchdogs for their local rivers. And it was started on the Hudson by, uh, by one of the Kennedys. Um, and has since branched out to there's river keepers in, in Iraq and China. They're you know all over the place, and yeah. we all essentially do the same thing. We're the eyes and the ears and the mouthpiece for our rivers to make sure that polluters are held accountable. Um, and and that's what Ted's doing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, again, edutainment at its finest, guys. <laughs> I would say it's a term we've been using a lot here in 2020. Uh, cool. I, I I hate to do this to us, Keith. Don't do it. I, I'm going to have to, Wait, guys. I need to talk about mountain lakes. Mountain lake. Some of the cleanest, purest water I've seen is mountain lakes. Do you do you confirm di- or deny? Do you yeah, do you <laughs> dive deep into this? Uh, I confirm that some of the clearest water is there for sure. No question. Uh, some of the lowest abundance and diversity is also there. Really? Um, huh. Yeah, because the productivity just isn't there. You know, you've got some pretty cold ecosystems, so you don't have a, a large nutrient load coming in. So you don't have the food base to support a ton of fish. It doesn't mean that they're not great and beautiful. They certainly are. Yeah. Um, really just, pretty places, 
they're just different than like the Susquehanna that's got, you know, 30 some species of fish in it. Um, you know, you go into some of these mountain lakes, you might get a half a dozen species, but they're, they're beautiful to snorkel. They're, they're incredible. You're just saying if you snorkeled it once, you snorkeled it a thousand times. Well, not, not, <laughs> not necessarily, man. Everything is different. Every time I go into the same, I'm doing a project, I'm snorkeling the same creek at least once daily for an entire year in the same spot. Oh, wow. And every day I go in there, it's different. Every day I go in, it's different. Wow. Now, are you so same thing, same thing with those lakes, you know? It's, it's going to be different lighting different wind different weather sure you know the fish might be the same but it's always a different view hmm. gotcha all right guys i'm i'm gonna do it don't do Come it, on, it. Luck. we need to start the fast five all right. already or else i'll never get stevie out by the time he before his bedtime hits <laughs> all right so bless gonna, your heart keith we have what we call the fast five and it's it's five we questions do. and answer give us the best answer that, that comes to you to mind no answer is a wrong answer but but we'll tell you if it wrong yeah we will <laughs> don't worry and uh and it's just just kind of a good way to to end a show with with our guests sure so Sounds I'll, good. I'll start her off uh what's the one thing you can't live without in the outdoors oh wow a knife a knife Ooh. all right oh okay. wow all right very cool. Good. Very utilitarian. You can do a lot with that. Swiss armies. Yep. What's your favorite movie? Whew. That's a hard one. I think uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah. That's a first for <laughs> us. All the yeah. shrimp talk, all right? right? All the, yeah. all the <laughs> shrimp talk. <laughs> exactly. All the shrimp talk. I'm going to go out. I'm going to jump out of order here. And oh. for question number three, I never get to ask this question. Uh-uh. So I'm going to ask it to, to Keith. What's on your bucket list? So where what's the, the one place you haven't snorkeled yet that you want to snorkel? Well, next next on my bucket, I, the bucket list is really long. Yeah. Um, and I want to go to I want to go to Antarctica and snorkel. Uh, oh. as the glaciers are melting, I want to get in on that. But but early before that, I want to go to Cuba. That's a first okay. for us too. <laughs> to Castro's Reef. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, actually, the the rivers there, like the the reef in 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 Cuba, is supposed to be amazing, right? Um, really, but I want to go for the rivers. The rivers are look unbelievably beautiful from the surface. My bet is nobody snorkeled them. I yeah. bet you, I bet you, you're right. Yeah. So, is that Antarctica thing? Is that a is that five year, ten year plan? Uh, I, I would hope it'd be five. Right now, it's no plan, <laughs> but, but hoping. Within the next five, that'd be pretty great. Yeah, and they make twelve millimeter suits for that then too. <laughs> yeah, actually dry suits. Oh, yeah, I go oh, this time of year. I would I would go with a dry suit, which is what I use right now. There you go. I, I might need to invite myself on that trip. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> there you're, you go. if you're looking for someone, that would be. Right. I would. Yeah. Lo- that would be epic to be down there. That'd be pretty awesome. All right, bub. Um, you know this is a always a great question it's kind of a staple of ours what makes you happy Uh, wow (laughs) you know i think i'm you know obviously my family right i mean um i've got a family of river rats and and that makes me pretty happy but um awesome but I, i feel most content when i'm floating in a creek you know that's when Whatever problems are going on yesterday, today, or tomorrow are, are not there anymore. It's just me and the fish in the creek in that moment. 
Wow. Cool. Very cool. That's cool. I can tell. You you can you that's very obvious in in how you speak. So what's the one thing Thank that you, you second that? Keith, what do you do every day to prepare for your outdoor lifestyle? Uh learn. I'm always learning. Reading? Right. Yeah, reading. Um not, well, I, I write every day. Um or just about every day. Um, but always reading articles about, you know, what's going on with the rivers. Um, always learning more, more about the biology, um, more about places to go, different guides. You know, I follow a lot of people on social media that are, that are excellent fishing guides and, and follow what they're doing and what the mm -hmm. fish behavior is doing based on what they're seeing and, you know, learning that way. Mm -hmm. Very cool. <laughs> Keith, we just want to say thank you very much for all your very time. Much. Appreciate it. Your your energy and and most of all your passion it's, about taking care of our our beloved Susquehanna it's River. It's so awesome to talk to someone that loves it as much as you do. And and Keith lives it every day, like literally every day. Very evident passion. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks guys and and uh, you know, thanks for your interest and thanks for having me on and and, and let me know when you guys want to go snorkeling it warms up and we'll awesome. we'll set up a trip somewhere. Oh, uh, yep. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I'm all in. Remember you brought cool. this upon yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't tempt us with a good time. Keith <laughs> Keith, are you a coffee drinker? We're bringing honey. I buns. am. Yes, I am. <laughs> well, if if you don't mind, uh, uh, of course you don't mind. <laughs> Keith, we're gonna get your uh, get your address and ship you out some duck blind coffee uh, from our buddy Denny Vish over there at Duck Blind Coffee. Duck blind dot online. Duck blind dot online, and hopefully you will migrate your way to a better cup. All right. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Hey, Keith, before, yeah. we, before we let you go uh, to get on with better things and, and talk to more There's interesting people in than podcasting with uh, how, how can everybody find you, get a hold of your book, uh, follow you on the socials and whatnot? Yep. And so um, the webpage is, is one of the best ways, and that's uh, www.freshwaterjourneys.com. Okay. And then on Facebook, uh, the author page is probably the best way. It's just Keith Williams writer, um, on Facebook. And, um, that's where I post a lot of pictures and a lot of current stories going on in our rivers is on that Facebook page. Current story. Yeah, I see what you cool. did there. Yep. There's also a, uh, a freshwater journeys, uh, Facebook page as well that people could contact through that. And what's the name of the book again? It's, uh, snorkeling rivers and streams. A guide to underwater uh, aquatic adventure and discovery. Perfect. All right. All right. We'll look for it next month. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank Very you. Cool. Thanks, Keith. Stevie. Yes, sir. How can everybody get a hold of us? Hop on us? over to ruttenriverpursuits.com. Download oh the podcast. Oh, Go on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Spotify. Find us on all the social media outlets by searching Rut and River Pursuits. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> awesome, guys. It was a great show tonight. Thanks for coming sure around. Was. Sure was. Sure was. All right, fellas. Somebody douse these flames. We're out of here. Don't kick over any chub mounds. Rig weedless. Peace.
good access to bathrooms. <laughs> That's pretty critical for a lot of people. <laughs> um, good fish too. Some sections of the stream that couple floaters. just don't have a whole lot of life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> want to keep the corn-eyed brown trout out of the creek, yeah. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> don't chum the water. Maybe edit. Uh, maybe edit that one. I don't know. <laughs> but, I'm but, keeping uh, it in. But I, I've got. <laughs> I got spots that. <laughs> But you brought up a lot of good things that connect to our guest last week. Yeah, though, and, and, I, and I, it's it's really it uh, dovetails. It's almost perfect. It's almost perfect. So serendipitous. I, I, you <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. So yeah, I was not in your mouth. There was no. You're not <laughs> dropping serendipitous on the reg. <laughs> Now, you, you said you provide the wetsuits yeah. for your yep. clients, right? Right. Yeah, that's correct. You got a big boy one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a couple big boy ones. <laughs> that's, I care. Hey, I'd like to see yeah. you zipped up in one of them. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make sure we go live for that one. There you go. <laughs>